Acts 3. Now, if you, uh, if you know your Bible, if you've read the Gospels, you will notice that, um, that uh, Jesus, he's, he's full of compassion, and he goes around healing people, doesn't he? You know, it's often said about him that he's either healing someone, has healed someone, or is about to heal someone. You see this right through the, uh, right through the Gospels. In, in Matthew, he writes in chapter 12 that he, Christ, uh, withdrew and crowds followed him and he healed all who were sick. In Matthew 15, a few chapters later, it says, uh, uh, Jesus, again, with loads of people following him, he climbed a hill. A great crowd of sick people followed him and he healed them all. Um, and so he had compassion for the sick, the lame, the, the blind, the hurting. He saw sickness as, as an enemy to be, you know, to be, be, be raged against. Um, and uh, he had compassion upon them and power to heal them. And we know that, that he, was, uh, he was against sickness because we, we, you know, it's not part of his design. It's not, it's not, you know, sickness came into the world after sin. It's not part of his uh, design. And the, prom- the promise of the gospel is that when, we, when, we, when our life here ends or when Jesus returns, we go to a new heaven, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth with no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. And so sickness, it's not part of his desire. We recognize that. We look around, we feel the pain. It's not meant to be that way. And so Jesus, he, he, he was hostile to sickness. He had the power to heal and compassion moved him to action. So let's pick it up in Acts uh, chapter 3 and verse, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to a temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold, I don't have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Now, this is a situation I think that all of us can find ourselves in. Now, wait before you think, how? You know, just wait bring a lame man to uh, heal his legs and so on, how? But we all have friends, don't we, who are, we come across people in our lives, friends, colleagues, family, uh, housemates, classmates, who are sick. It feels like this year, everyone's been sick at some point, right? Who's been sick since Christmas, right? We've all been sick at some point since Christmas. We've all been in that situation where somebody we come across, maybe even in church or, or life group, say, or work, has said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sick, I'm in pain. I'm, I'm suffering. It, it happens to all of us, doesn't it? Um, and, and yet, what's our, what's our response? Our response is often kind of, oh, yeah, I had that a few weeks ago. Or, oh, that sounds, you know, sympathy, you know, that, which is fine, good responses. Um, sometimes our responses are almost the opposite of Peter and John. It's kind of, well, silver and gold I do have, so do you need anything? Or, uh, you know, can I buy you some flowers? Um, but, but, folks, we've got, we've got far more than that. Those things aren't bad, but we've got far more than that to offer. Uh, as did uh, Peter and John. Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. What I have, I give to you. There's a spiritual truth here, isn't there? And I've preached on this before, but if you, you, you can only give something away that is truly yours. Yeah? You can only give something away that is truly yours. You, can't, you cannot give away what isn't yours. 
So that's right immediately. Do we know Jesus as our Lord and Saviour? Do we know that he died on the cross to forgive us, to pay the price for our sin, to adopt us into his family, and to give us his spirit? Have you received his spirit? Have you truly received his spirit? Because if, if you haven't, you, you, all you can do is say, I'm sorry for you, yeah, I had that, or, you know, can I get you anything? That's all you can do. But folks, if for those of us who know and follow Jesus and have received the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, we've got far more to give than that. Not that those things aren't, aren't good and right and nice, but folks, we've got far more to give than just, I hope you get well soon. There's nothing special about Peter and John, you know, they're not, they're not Jesus. They're just ordinary men with faith, full of the Holy Spirit, praying for people they come across, like you and me, praying for people they come across. They carry his presence with them. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And the same is true for us, friends. The same is true for us. If we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, we can, we can pray, to people, pray for people and expect, expect miracles. We can expect miracles in everyday life. Jesus speaking in John chapter 14 says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Even greater things than these. This is Jesus speaking, right? This isn't, you know, one of his disciples or the apostles. This is Jesus speaking. They will do even greater things than these. In the next chapter, uh, Jesus says, Remain in me, and I in you. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you and I can do nothing. Apart from the indwelling presence of Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. And the promise is that by his Holy Spirit working in us, we will see greater things than this. But it begs the question, why don't we? Why don't we? When we pray for people, why why don't we? And uh, the reason is that we live in this, in what's called a, a now and not yet kingdom. His kingdom is coming. A victory has been won at the cross on our behalf by Jesus dying on the cross and coming to life again. And his, he will return victorious. But, but right now, we, his kingdom is not yet here fully. And so there is sickness, there is corruption, there is brokenness in the world. We see it all around us. But his kingdom is coming. His kingdom is advancing. And so we can pray in faith, knowing the goodness and grace of God. And, and, and sometimes he will heal people, and sometimes he will not. And it's a tension that we have to, have to live in, that his kingdom is coming, but it's not yet fully here. Life, the world is still very messed up, right? There's, there's still a lot of brokenness, fallenness, sick, sickness. But his kingdom is coming. The victory has already been won. His kingdom is coming. We know that he is gracious. We know that he is able to act. But the sad truth is that not everyone will get healed. I have some of this experience of this in my own, in my own life, that, that you can pray for somebody and, and not see them healed. And that's, that's sad, but it doesn't take away from the, the goodness and the graciousness of God. So not everyone we pray for will be healed, but many will be. And I want to say, if you, maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're sick or maybe you've prayed for, for, for the sick and it, either you've not been healed or uh, you've, you've prayed for people and, and they've not been healed and disappointment has, has come in. I want to say there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with what you did. It's down to the sovereignty of God. It's not that you're not good enough to be healed or, or good enough for God to use you. It's just in, in, the, in the mystery and sovereignty of God, not, not everyone will get healed but some will. And as his kingdom is coming, it means there is, there is more of his kingdom 
today than there was yesterday. So that ought to encourage me when I pray that I can keep on praying for somebody or keep on asking for somebody to pray for me. They might have been prayed for before and the day before that and, and before and before. But, but you know what? Then there wasn't as much as God's kingdom as there is now, today. And, and next tomorrow, next week, I can, I can ask to be prayed for again because there'll be that much more of his kingdom, right? And we're told to persist, persist and persevere in prayer. So it shouldn't put us off. It should encourage us that his kingdom is coming and therefore keep going, keep praying for these things. So I think that's, there's two reasons. I think we, we, uh, we, we, don't, we don't see everybody healed that we pray for. We live in a now and not yet. But the second reason, I think, is that we don't ask. We don't ask. I think we, we live in fear. We kind of, uh, our expectations are fairly low. As I've said, maybe we live with disappointment. And we don't want to look silly and foolish. We don't want to step out and pray for somebody in case they don't get healed. And think, well, what will they? I offer to pray for them. And they didn't get healed right away on the spot. How will that reflect on me? You know, I want this person to come to church, and uh, oh gosh, I, they haven't been healed. What? And uh, you know, what, what do we do with that? Do we, is it safer just not to pray with them? You know, and uh, so I think that's the other reason. Well, I want to say a couple of things on that. In Acts three, in a bit later on, in verse twelve, Peter says, "Fellow Israelites," so he's now talking about this this, this lame man that's just been healed. Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. So it's Jesus that heals, not us. Right? So we can, we can pray for people to be healed, and uh, if he doesn't heal them, it's not on us. Right? It's, not, it's not you and me that are, that are doing the healing. We're not responsible for that. We're responsible to step out in obedience and pray for them. And the rest of it is with the Lord. It's not on us. The, 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 the embarrassment, the fear, it's not on us. Um, William Temple, who is an uh, Archbishop of Canterbury in the 1940s, is well known for saying, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. I want to encourage us. Step, let's be those who are ready to step out and pray and expect God to move. And if he doesn't, that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's up to him. All right? I'm going to invite a couple of friends up quickly just to share some stories and provoke us. Uh, are you okay? Jude, thanks. Hi, everyone. Um, I thought I'd share um, one story where um, they didn't get healed, because that's real life, isn't it? And one where they did. Um, so... This was a little while ago, actually. Um, a kind of colleague, acquaintance, someone I sort of knew, but not very well, um, w- became very, very unwell with a brain tumour, and it was terminal, and I kind of heard this on the grapevine. Um, he had a young child and lived just around the corner from us in our old house, and I remember sort of saying, oh, it would be great to be able to pray for him, sort of, kind of, <laughs> probably a slightly half-hearted prayer because it felt quite scary. And then about a week later, I was just walking, walking somewhere, and um, he was out in his front garden. And so I walked really quickly past and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and just prayed like, Lord, if you want me to pray for him, because this is like a big deal. He's going to die if you don't heal him. If you want me to pray for him, then please let him still be in his garden when I come back. And please let us catch eyes kind of thing. Because also I wasn't 100% sure he knew who I was. So um, it's one of those weird situations. Anyway, all the way then back from there, I was at the baby group. All the way back from the baby group, I was like praying for the Holy Spirit. And I really felt the spirit with me you know you like feel a bit shaken you're like oh god is with me oh yeah come on and he was still in his garden and he looked up and he said 
Jude. Um, so I was like, okay, all right, Lord. So anyway, I offered to pray for him. Um, and we had a really lovely conversation. And um, he said, please just pray that I'm still alive when I'm 50. So I was like, okay. So just prayed for him, just a really simple prayer, a couple of lines. Um, and he felt really blessed by that. He was like, I feel really touched. Thank you so much kind of thing and off I went home and kind of carried on praying and then a couple of weeks later I heard that he died um, and that was just really tough um, all the things you're sort of saying Steve about that disappointment and I remember saying to God like Lord this would have been a really good one for you to heal like he would have lived he would have you know been around for his child he doesn't know you like think of all the witnessing opportunities that would have been there just totally don't get it um, and I just felt God say to me like God, who am I to tell God what to do? And he's about a wonderful, glorious work. And, um, you know, maybe I will actually see this guy, Ross, in glory. Maybe God was doing something so much more wonderful in those last couple of years in his, of his life, uh, last couple of weeks of his life. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was a tricky one to work through. Um, but just, yeah, I guess learning to trust that God is about a wonderful work um, and may have been doing something even more glorious than healing him in that moment. Um, so that, yeah, that's one experience that I've had. Um, uh, more recently, I had the opportunity to pray for someone at toddler group. So she just shared with me that she has a sore knee and it had been bothering her every day for a number of months and was really robbing her of her joy. So just offered to pray. She said, yeah. Sure. Um, she said I could put my hand on her knee and I had flow with me and then she put her hand on my hand, which was really sweet and just prayed really simple. Just said, Lord, would you make this knee better? Um, just believe that you love this lady and I thank you for that. And would you just heal her, Lord? Um, and that was that. And then actually every evening that week that I put Flo to bed, she prayed for this lady. So she really had it in, on her heart, which was really sweet. And then the next time I went to toddlers, she was like waiting for me at the door. And she said, Jude, my knee has been better. Amazing. And she was like, I can't believe it. Like my knee has been totally better. And the week after, um, same thing. She said, oh, it's still feeling so much better. And it's made such a difference to my life. Um, I was surprised, which <laughs> shouldn't be. But yeah, amazing. So praise God for that. Excellent, amazing. Nat, are you uh, free? Or John? I'll line you both up, so is anyone? Okay, one, we'll, we'll, we've got time for one more. Come on then, Nat, and then we'll... Um, I said friends, but this is my wife, for those who don't know. <laughs> we're good friends. Yeah, we're not friends. <laughs> Do I have to have an example of not... All right, well, you're probably all going to laugh at mine, especially Stuart, because, um, but anyway. <laughs> so mine was um, at Alpha, actually. So on, on our table, um, uh, when the girls um, had a dog who was really ill. Uh, yeah, you're rolling your eyes, Stuart. <laughs> you know, God, God cares about animals as well. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so one of the girls had a dog who was, um, this was like her heart and soul, this dog. Like, she was really lonely, and this dog meant the world to her, and... It was really unwell and potentially had to be put down because it had like these lumps. And so she took it to the vet and they were like, oh, yeah, it's not good news. And I was like, well, let me pray for the dog. I can see you rolling your eyes, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I prayed for her dog and her dog was healed. And it lived and it's still alive now. <laughs> so that's my, it might be true to some, but uh, it, it wasn't to this lady. And we have a dog and 
It means a lot to us. And I've also got plenty of examples like Jude where I prayed and nothing's happened and it's really disappointing. And I think the biggest one was my auntie who um, died of cancer and, and she wasn't a Christian. Um, but I prayed for her a lot and she died. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of works both ways. But I think it's just having that boldness to step out, which is often hard because you're worried about what people are going to think or if nothing happens. That, They'd be like, well, there was not God anyway, you know, especially at Alpha. Um, so, um, yeah, I think it just had that boldness, but I'll stop talking. That's great. Okay, excellent. Thanks both. Really good. But I think it is, it is absolutely that boldness. Our fear is, oh, if, you know, if God doesn't heal this person, then, then I'm going to look silly and God's going to look silly. You know, that's, I guess that's kind of our fear, isn't it? And yet it's completely upon him. We, we shouldn't get so absorbed with our, ourselves, as we all do, um, myself included, but it's, it's down to him. And so I want to be, encourage us to be those who step out in, in faith. Uh, and it doesn't need to be any kind of big special prayer. You know, it could be really simple. But when, when folks say to us, we're sick, we're in pain, we're hurting, um, let's, be, let's be a people who just, I want to, can, I, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Um, okay, we're going to uh, pray for folk in a, in a minute. But uh, I want to just quickly... Um, Take us back to an a, uh, illustration, well, not an illustration, I used that, uh, a bit I used the other week from Ephesians that, uh, Ephesians 5, uh, that Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, I stole from him, where it talks about, don't get drunk on wine, instead be filled with the Spirit. And if you remember, if you were listening during that preach, um, then it was that sense of, you know, why does he link getting drunk on wine and being filled with the Spirit? And the answer is that the effects of both are very similar. Yeah, so when you're drunk on wine, you are uh, you're more compassionate. You are, you know, I love you. Uh, you're you're bolder, right? You don't really care what people what people think, um, and uh, um, and the same is true with the with the spirit, right? You you don't you, if you're full of the spirit, then you you have the, the power of the Holy Spirit in you to overcome that fear of fear of man, fear of what other people think, and your heart is moved to compassion for other people. And they do it in both in very different ways. You know, one, one makes you more, uh, sorry, less aware of your reality. You know, alcohol kind of removes inhibitions and so on. But the spirit makes us more aware of our spiritual reality in Christ. Okay, so quick recap. That was the, but I want to remind us of that, um, just in the sense of, folk, we're, we're talking about life in the spirit. Let us be those who get, who get drunk on the spirit, who when we gather together like this, when we uh, gather together uh, in life groups or, or running partners, uh, which are just kind of twos and threes who do life together, let us be those who, who get drunk together, yeah? I mean, in, in an old, that was, that was the, the old life for many of us, right? Was, was a, a getting, getting drunk together. But let us be those who get drunk on the spirit together. Frankly, frankly let us be those who, who drink alone, Right? I mean, who, who drink alone when we're going about our daily life or at home with the kids or going into a meeting or in the office. Let us be those who, who learn to drink in the Spirit, right? Don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's be encouraging one another uh, in this. I think we, it's, one of the, it's so easy to uh, take our foot off the gas with this because it is scary. It's, uh, it feels like it's beyond us. It could look silly. Let us press into this. Let us be full of the Spirit, able to overcome the fear of man. Um, okay. Um, what else did I have to say? Verse 9, it says this. When all the people saw the lame man walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. 
folks. Our heart is that we are a spirit-filled people where we see uh, wonder and amazement at what has happened, at what God is doing among us, at what has happened in our lives and, and other people's lives. Let us be that. But that requires us to, going back to being, to pick up that baton, to run, to press into all that he has for us. That's why this, this, this series on, on life in the Spirit, I think, is so fundamental for us because it's, it's learning to become those serious drinkers, those, those serious uh, yeah, people who learn to seriously drink in the Spirit. In all circumstances, in all, in all situations, in all that we face, we learn to become serious drinkers. Because as we, as we drink in the Spirit, the Spirit transforms us. As we've heard through these last number of weeks, it, it helps our prayer life, it helps our witnessing, our worship, our serving, our giving, our hearing, even just practical daily life. The Holy Spirit wants to come and enable us to live a life, the life like Christ. Amen? Johnny uh, and Claire, do you want to come back? And um, we're going to pray for folks. Should we stand? Um, okay, so there's two, two groups uh, of people I'd like us to pray for. And um, I don't quite know how this is going to work. But um, who just senses that, well, not senses, who, would, who feels bold enough just, I'm, I'm sick. I'd love someone to pray for me. I'm sick. I am uh, in pain, some ailment. It might be mental illness. It might be emotional. Um, we would love just to, to pray for you. If you feel that's you, then um, maybe just, just try and put your hand up. I know it was ter- terribly scary. Um, okay. Um, then I think the other group of people I want to pray for are those, and, and, and uh, actually, you know what? My hand will be up in the first group and the second group. Those that just through disappointment of praying for people feel put off to, to pray for people again. Disappointment, you know, I prayed, God didn't come through, uh, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, we've, I think we've probably all done that. Um, so I'm just going to, why don't you start playing, and um, I think what we'll do is those who would like to be prayed for, we'll, we'll, some of us over there would just like to pray for you. Um, a sense with the disappointment, that's probably most of us, right? I think that's what puts most of us off, isn't it? Okay, so why don't we... When you guys start playing, I'm going to pray. And then for those who, who are sick, who are just like, whether it's physical healing, emotional healing, it's mental health, whatever it is, we would like just to pray for you. Just come over to there, and we're just going to pray a simple prayer with you. And, uh, and that's it. Leave the rest up unto the Lord. Um, so let's, let's pray, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Lord Jesus. Father, we just pray, come Holy Spirit, Lord God. We thank you that you, you sent your Spirit to live within us, to, to transform us, to embolden us, to move our hearts to compassion, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your, your compassion to heal, your compassion to save. We thank you for your grace. I thank you that we can approach you with with a, a, a boldness that no ailment or, or pain is, is too little, too minor, too insignificant, that you don't care, that no, no, no pain or ailment or injury is too, too significant, that you, you're not able. Thank you that you, that you, you love us, that you are, your heart is towards us, that your heart is to heal. I want to pray for, for those of us who, through fear and disappointment, have just thought, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not, I'm not praying for somebody again that 
maybe doesn't know Jesus or anybody at all. I'm not praying for them again out of fear and disappointments. I want to just pray you'd come now and, and restore, Lord Jesus. Restore that faith. Restore that confidence in your, in your goodness and your grace. I want to pray, Holy Spirit, just for more of you. Right now, we say, come Holy Spirit. We want to be those who, who are serious drinkers in the Spirit. The Spirit that changes us, transforms us, emboldens us. Come now, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come now, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we're just going to wait on the Lord for a minute. We're expecting his Spirit just to come and minister to us right now. forgive us when we've been fearful come Holy Spirit I pray for a boldness boldness to come upon us Lord Jesus take away fear restore where there's been disappointments restore hearts I pray come Holy Spirit come now Holy Spirit I pray Lord, we're totally reliant upon you. I do believe God wants to heal some people here this morning. And so during the, we're going to sing in a moment and over to my right. If you want to be prayed for, we'd love just to pray for you quickly. Also, if you feel you just that God is speaking to you, just with a, perhaps a word of knowledge or something, then just uh, be bold. Come, bring it, right? Uh, be open to what God wants to say this morning. Be obedient to him. Holy Spirit, we just say, come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit.